Hey, it's Tim Benz of Breakfast with Benz at Trib Live and the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network. Be sure to check out my podcast, the Pittsburgh CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the Pittsburgh teams. If you're from Pittsburgh or a fan of any Pittsburgh sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So subscribe, follow, and listen to the Pittsburgh CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. The Steelers beat the Broncos. Russell Wilson can't play next week. The Browns and Bengals both lost. All's right with the world, and the Steelers are going back to the playoffs again. Well, probably not, but we can pretend. Mark Madden with me for the Madden Monday podcast, brought to us by Bet Rivers. Mark, for the first time this year, the over hits in the Steelers game against the Broncos, and I'll admit I didn't see that coming. I thought it was kind of a coin flip who won the game. The Steelers win it, but there were a lot more points than I anticipated today. Well, first off, Tim, deck the Broncos. They're just Joncos, <laughs> as, uh, as the angry drunken dwarf said way back when. Uh, yeah, uh, the Steelers' defense once again made a game of it. Uh, you can't allow two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to that team and, and let them get back into it. The Broncos just don't have that kind of offense, but that's what happened. And the Steelers, I don't want to say they got lucky at the end. I guess when Denver spent the entire game throwing at James Pierre, He was behind to catch one of them sooner or later. But uh, it was a shaky win, but a win was all that's required. I just keep coming back to that defense. I see definite improvement on the offensive line, especially when it comes to run blocking, as witnessed by Najee Harris, get 122 yards today before he got injured. Ben still can't move at all, and his arm's sporadic, but we saw a bit more of his arm on a couple decently long throws today. But that defense just can't stiffen when it needs to. That's two weeks in a row, and they allowed scores on three consecutive possessions at Green Bay. And then um, again today when the Denver Broncos nearly caught up and uh, tied the game in the fourth quarter by the skin of their teeth is how the Steelers survived. Do you have any belief that things are starting to fall the right way for them and they can con themselves into thinking that they're at least playoff contenders because of how the schedule is going to break out the next month or so? Oh, Tim, those are two different things. Uh, I do believe they're going to do well enough in the next four games that they'll be able to con themselves. But indigenous to that is beating Seattle, which admittedly is a bit easier if Russell Wilson, well, we know he's not going to play because he had the surgery on that afflicted finger. So yeah, if they go into the bye week three and three, uh, that's only um, one game worse than I expected them to be after six games. And in fact, even with my original standard, it wouldn't have shocked me if they were three and three at that point either. So uh, the worst they're going to be is one game behind my expectations. If they can beat Seattle, Sands, Russell Wilson, I'm going to that bye week and maybe recalibrate a little bit. And, I would normally have said that Cleveland's going to kill Pittsburgh in week eight, the week after the bye week. But now with Baker Mayfield shaken up with that injury to his non-throwing shoulder, I still think the Cleveland running game and defense will overwhelm Pittsburgh. I think that's just an awful matchup for the Steelers. But in terms of being able to con ourselves, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're more than halfway home to that, Tim. In fact, I think a lot of people out there are conning themselves right now. Back to what you said about the defense. There were only two sacks against a poor offensive line for the Denver Broncos, and 
Teddy Bridgewater's not the most mobile quarterback in the world. Uh, one comes in a blitz from Devin Bush. The other comes from sack specialist Henry Mondew. Uh, T.J. Watt, pretty much nowhere to be found again, and he was seeing a ton of traffic. He was getting chips from tight ends and running backs, plenty of attention, and hey, he's making $80 million. He's got to get through that and make a splash play from time to time, but I would also argue that Ingram and Highsmith need to do a hell of a lot more if he's getting that much attention on the other side. Ingram and Highsmith do need to do a hell of a lot more, and T.J. Watt's still playing hurt, I believe. But, Tim, you hit the nail on the head. When you get $80 million guaranteed, the world doesn't want to hear about the labor pains. It only wants to see the baby. Uh, For him to get no sacks and only a couple quarterback hits, that's just not good enough. And I have people on Twitter already saying it's not fair to expect sacks from him every game. Well, he's getting quarterback money. He needs to do quarterback things, and quarterbacks impact every game. And if it's not fair, it's most decidedly the way it is. That's what comes with the territory when you get that kind of money. It was not a great game for him today. I don't think he had a great game at Green Bay despite the two sacks. One was a trip and one was a give-up. So he's got to do more. Given what he's getting paid, he's got to do more. I want to go back to the point you talked about with Pierre. He had a roller coaster day. Um, he had a pass breakup. The inter- no, no, Tim, let me interrupt. He got fried like an egg on a hot summer sidewalk until the last play. It wasn't a roller coaster day. The roller coaster did everything but crash into the side of the mountain, if I can mix my metaphors with the Big Lebowski. <laughs> well, if it is Big Thunder Mountain, that roller coaster conceivably could crash into a mountain. That is possible. There you go. Um, you know, but he did have the huge play on Javante Williams to stop him from getting into the end zone. And uh, that's true. And actually, you're right, Tim. I'm not being fair. He did have a roller coaster today because he had the pick. He had the play you're talking about, and he really extended himself to high point a ball and get a deflection, get a pass yeah. breakup uh, late in the game too. So yeah, he, all things considered, he done okay when he needed to. And Tomlin admitted they were doing whatever they could to rotate their dime defense because Sutton was out and they were trying to find answers. But they've been trying to find answers for fifth and sixth defensive backs all year. They are just too thin at that position. And I saw CBSSports.com came up like a list of tradable candidates in the NFL. They had 16 of them. Three of them were Steelers. Ebron, Juju, and Hayden. Well, I can't trade Juju now because who knows? He might be out for the whole year, depending on what's wrong yeah, with his shoulder. His, well, they called it a shoulder. Um, now, I don't know if that means like upper arm, like he broke his arm or he tore a labrum. But, man, he looked like he was in pain. And the, the trainers were and actually... He was, walking, he was walking like somebody who broke his collarbone. He, that could have been it, too. It could have been a collarbone as well, but yes. But, Tim, i got to tell you, I dug out my medical journals... And whether it's the collarbone, the shoulder, the labrum, they're all a hell of a long way from the heart, you candy ass. That's an always easily usable line for Miracle, isn't it? If he's hurt, Tim, I'm upset, but not that much. Um, but the, the point now being... Now we can concentrate on branding and buying people groceries. The point being, now he can't be traded. So there's one guy off the list. And if they are going to kid themselves into thinking that they're still contenders, they can't trade Hayden either because, my God... What else do they have in the secondary? Ebron, that might be something. That, that could be a chip they could trade, but he won't get it very much in return. Yeah, Tim, they are what they are, and they got who they got. Let me ask you a question, though, since we're talking about, well, let's get back to the defense. Okay. Do you think they're going to blitz more? I think they have to blitz more until the attention fades away from Watt or until Ingram and Highsmith pick it up. Yes, I do. Yeah, exactamundo. And the reason I bring it up is because 
when you have defensive backs as shaky as the ones they have, especially past, you know, uh, Minka and Hayden, you, you can't let the quarterback have that long to make a decision. That's a good point. And I'll also say this, while Bush is okay in coverage, I think they might be sitting on an element of his game that they don't use enough, and that's blitzing. He's had two blitz sacks in each of the last two games. Either that or he just stinks, Tim. I've considered both possibilities. And we'll see how hurt he is because he's got a groin injury again. So there's that too. Does he really? Yeah, he was one of the guys that Tom... I can't keep up with the groins. (laughs) It's yet another groin. Yeah, absolutely. Juju... Bush, and then uh, Najee Harris was cramping up towards the end of the game, so they had to rely on Kalen Balage and Benny Snell, um, both of whom just seemed that, like a waste. That's a shame, too, because I hope Harris is only cramping because what a game he had. He was magnificent. And, Tim, I know that I have said, when Mike Tomlin says, that the offensive line is getting better, that I think it's just you know trying to prop them up. I think it actually might be getting better. I think so. Let me let me rephrase that. I don't know if it's getting better at all. I know it played better each of the last two weeks. Well, and it has so many young guys that, you know, I mean, how could they not get better? Like the coach in Goon said, you have to suck before you get better. <laughs> yeah, and they certainly got the first part down. Give them credit, though, Mark. You know, now I have to watch to see how much help, like, Chooks of Core 4 was getting or wherever Von Miller was lining up for his absent from the equation as T.J. Watt was in the Steelers' side of the ball. You didn't hear Von Miller's name very much, did you? No. Uh, I don't know if that was Chooks or whether they gave him a lot of help over there or whether Von Miller just had a bad game or he's just washed up. But, yeah, didn't have a sack. I don't think he even had a quarterback hit. No, he didn't. Um, he had two tackles, and that was it. Uh, but you know what? One thing that could have changed the complexion of this game was it just me, or did you see 11 versions of Ike Taylor playing on the Denver Bronco defense? How many interceptions did they drop? <laughs> well, it wasn't a perfect day for Ben, was it? But it was a fortunate day. <laughs> yes, it was. Somebody hit the Powerball. Right, exactly. That, that said, he threw a couple real good balls. Like the, oh, the yes, he did. The first touchdown, he threw a couple. Uh, the first one was 50 yards. What was the second relatively long touchdown? The Claypool? Uh, well, Claypool's touchdown was 23, but Claypool had a 59-yard catch. Yeah, he had that, yeah so ben, ben was showing some signs. I don't know if that means, you know, it's a new beginning or a last gasp. We shouldn't forget Terry Bradshaw had that one great last game. Yeah, right. So, but I mean, at least he didn't stink. At least he, you know, put it this way. Had they lost the game, it wouldn't have been on Ben. That's what made the Green Bay game so jarring, Mark, is that, you know, everybody kept saying, well, you saw some of the throws he made. Some of the throws he made, he still got the arm. He still got the arm. Yeah, he does. But, you know, the Ben of old had the arm when he was throwing off platform. He had the arm when he was on the move and pushing guys off of him with the other arm. He was still throwing darts. Now he needs a hermetically sealed pocket and tons of space and time to make that perfect throw. When he had that today, at least he made it. He didn't do that in Green Bay. And correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, because this is just what I noticed watching the live feed. Whenever he does throw long, and like you said, he has that hermetically sealed pocket, he's also winding up like Valenzuela. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's putting his whole body into it. Whereas when he makes those those throws, and like you said, Tim, back in the day, one of his biggest strengths was, you know, he could get rid of the ball flat-footed in traffic and put zip on it. And now I see him just pushing the ball, like kind of flapping at it in that situation. Madden Monday podcast, Tim Benz, Mark Madden with you. Listen to Mark Monday through Friday, 105.9 The X. Catch him on Madden Benz Unfiltered as well. 
Monday morning on the Trib Live Facebook stream. We'll have that for you. Boy, the Broncos stink too, don't they? Uh, well, yeah, but didn't we kind of know that? I mean, their 3-0 and start was misleading because at that point, every team they beat hadn't won a game. So, yeah, they stink, but at least they beat a team that stinks. They don't always do that under Tomlin and lately. That's true. I just I was shocked by how much the, the, the Broncos reminded me of things that the Steelers do that make me mad. Like, you saw Cortland Sutton catch a ball and come behind the sticks like Deontay Johnson did last week. You saw them five, maybe six times throw the ball short of the sticks on third down conversion opportunities. You saw the stupid play that Javante Williams had spiking the ball and then going backwards after a big swing momentum wise. So they only kicked a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown. Like it was just stark to me how the Steelers beat a version of themselves today. Well, that thing where he spiked the ball was really costly, wasn't it? It was because it just started this chain of events that otherwise wouldn't have happened if, James Pierre hadn't tackled him. Like, if he spikes it in the end zone, you can spike it in the end zone. That's still allowed. But he spiked it in the field of play, so back five yards. And then they took a sack. And then they got confused. They had to burn a timeout. Then they threw it to Williams again, short of the sticks. And he got knocked out of bounds. Next thing you know, they're kicking a field goal. And when a guy makes a mistake like that, that is pure mental implosion, the guys on the team, and especially the guys out there on the field, roll their eyes like, what the F was that? Right, exactly. You you can't help but be rattled by that or at least disgusted. Mark, the favorite moment that I had from the NFL, I don't know if you caught this on the way home from your viewing party, but did you see the Cleveland Browns actively push the Chargers running back, Austin Eckler, into the end zone so he would score? They wanted to score on purpose, and he tried to go down, and they wouldn't let him? I don't know what the over was, Tim, but I kind of figured everyone involved bet it. <laughs> yeah, well, by that point, it was in the 80s, so I, I don't know if the over was still in play, but it was very comical to watch. Well, that result did not surprise me. Uh, you will recall, Tim, at the beginning of the season, I said in all my outlets that the L.A. Chargers were my sleeper team in the AFC, mm-hmm. and that Justin Herbert's something else. In fact, I maintain now, and I were to call him about it, and Tim, I don't really believe this, but they paid me for the column. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, that they shouldn't have traded for Minka. Because had they not, they might have lost three more games and have been able to draft Justin Herbert. And actually, that could have happened. Longshot could have happened. I just think you like him because he kind of looks like Zach Efron. That's my theory. Does he? I haven't looked closely. Uh, he kind of does. He's certainly got the Hollywood hair. That's for damn sure. Yeah, Tim, there's only one. And screw you for saying that. <laughs> uh, what about the Bengals in that bizarre game against the Green Bay Packers? Where they miss like five field goals in a row between the two of them? trying to Who's going to lose that game first? Who's going to lose that game worse, I guess? And the dude who never misses, miss. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know what's great? Mason Crosby, when he missed that in overtime, Tim, did you see, like, when he was on the sideline, he was so disgusted with himself. Yeah. He wasn't angry or sad. He wasn't ready to MF or ready to cry. He was just so disgusted. He just wanted to puke. Ah, puke like that, puke. Good segue into hockey, Mark. The Penguins, does the playoff streak end this year? The Bet Rivers line says that uh, still more money is coming in on them making the playoffs than not. It's a plus money bet. If you want to make a little extra uh, and they don't make the playoffs, what do you think? Does it happen or no? Tim, I'm, I'm told Sid may be back sooner, not later. Yeah, well, he's practicing already, and I was trying to do the math myself, and I was thinking, boy, he could come back before those four to six games, right? Tim, I was told the opener is not an impossibility, although still unlikely. Here's what I would do, Tim. Here's how I'd plan it, okay? All right. 
They're going to sell out the home opener with Chicago because it's the home opener. Flurry's there, right? Yes. Next night, Mike Lang night, next home game. I keep it till the home game after that. <laughs> so cosmetically keep the sellout streak alive and then worry about the playoff streak later is what you're saying. Oh, Tim, I'm not even sure the events I just described will keep the sellout streak alive. <laughs> but in terms of selling tickets in the timetable, that would be logical to bring Sid back for the third home game and game number five overall. And you'll notice, Tim, I don't even know who that game's against. How worried are they about that? How worried are they about tickets? Uh, they are. Okay. Uh, in fact, they're so worried, I don't even know they're going to flinch when the sellout streak gets broken. I think they have uh, even a bigger picture in mind that they're worried about. Hmm. And Because Tim, the NHL effed them, okay? Eight home games in a row, October into November, when it's still really football season here, that just screwed the Penguins to the wall. That's a good point, and I know we kind of looked at that just from a uh, clinical, what's this like for hockey reasons, but no, from a ticket-buying point of view, it's it's way worse than that. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know that they're, you know, ready to trade Sid because they can't afford to pay him. In fact, I know that's not true before rumors get started. Then again, that would make for easy talk show fodder. <laughs> Which we might but, need. But, but no, I, I don't think they're uh, overly concerned, but they're not selling like they would like. That's probably the most accurate way to put it. So that's the ticket question. How concerned are they about their playoff positioning? Uh I think the guys who have been here the, the least amount of time, like Hexie and Burke, I think they're more concerned than the guys who have been here, like Sullivan and the top players, for whom making the playoffs is an annual ritual and done by rote. So you think they feel that it'll take care of itself in the end because they've done it so many times in the past? Yes. How much does goalie play into that? <laughs> I That's a good – I mean – I don't know what to say. I, like, like, I, I said in the column I wrote that no matter what they try to steer the story to be, and not that they're trying to steer anything, but Sid and Gino being hurt, that's not the story. Uh, them having made so few moves in the offseason despite a new general manager, that's not the story. Uh, Gino and Latang being the last year of their contracts, that's not the story. Jari is by far the story. Because the fate of the team is, is, is in his hands. If he plays like he did in those playoffs, they are screwed. Uh, that said, that was a small sample. That said, it's not unfair to judge him by that either. Uh, but I think he needs to start good because no matter what the guys in that room say, no matter what they think they think, Tim, they don't trust him. They don't trust him. And wait till he lets up a bad goal at home that leads to a bad loss at home. Oh, and the fans will, the few that are willing to have faith in him will turn very, very quickly. The guy who's coming in in a Chicago Blackhawk uniform knows all about that from his early days. If we'd have kept that guy, we'd be winning right now. <laughs> it's really funny that, that, not funny, because I still maintain, and I think you agree, that any GM in the league would have kept Murray and traded Flurry when that happened. Uh, rather let Flurry go in the expansion draft, right? Uh, yes, I think that was the right move, yes. But, but, boy, in terms of quality of goaltending, it, it proved to, to be a bad move. And they went from a goalie who was constantly upbeat and picked up the locker room to Eeyore and goalie pads who always had to be uh, cheered up. You know, the total opposite mm -hmm. in terms of the influence in the locker room. And now they went to a guy who's just kind of an empty jersey, you know, who, who has a very bad attention span, who makes stupid decisions, 
and they have zero personality. Right. And, you know, I've noticed that from a media perspective. And I've always wondered, well, is there something more that I'm not seeing? And I don't think they're, I don't think I'm missing anything. It's just, it's not there. He's just not got a lot of personality. Well, Tim, I had Jari on the show uh, Friday. Yeah. Which proves decisively he does not listen to my show. <laughs> That's a good point. And, 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 and I give the kid credit. He tried hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, Tim, I asked him 13 questions. How long do you think the interview went? 13 questions by Jari standards, probably about six and a half minutes. Seven minutes. Good guess. You, you win the prize. And, and there, there's just no there there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and don't get me wrong, if he stops the puck, uh, it doesn't matter. But the last time we looked, he didn't. Are the Penguins on ESPN to start against Tampa? Yeah, Bucci's doing the game, and his first line when they drop the puck is going to be a tribute to Mike Klein. Bucci was on the show Friday as well. Oh, nice. So he's going to hockey night in, a, in Tampa or something like that? I don't know. Bucci, like me, doesn't give stuff away. Good. Like your your big reveal that you're still holding on to, correct? Well, no, that's only because that could go to crap in a moment's notice. <laughs> Mark Madden is with us each and every Monday for the Madden Monday podcast. It will never go to crap. Uh, Madden Ben's unfiltered might. It has before. We'll see what happens, Mark. Let me just plug on, on the Monday uh, show on the X, I have Latang and Sullivan. Oh, that's good. That'll be a worthwhile listen for sure. You know what's the curious thing to ask Tanner is that since, uh, since Gino and Sid, remember they missed the end of the season, a lot of the season too, back in 2011? 2011. Yeah, sure. That was the Tampa this year, This is right? the first time Tanner will play a significant time without either one. And it's a fine line to not try to do too much, because Tanner does try to do too much sometimes. Yes, that's true. And without the other guys there and with uh, this Penguins trying to play, I would imagine, a more conservative style without them, if he's going rogue on his own, that could become very costly. Yeah, but when Tanner's in a tight spot like this, he doesn't go rogue on his own. Like, like the more responsibility he feels, he tightens up more, too. That doesn't mean he won't pick his spots, but he does pick his spots. Yep, that's fair. Do you like, by the way, do you like Tampa to win it all again? Do you think they can win three in a row? Well, the big question to Tanger is, why would you cut your hair? <laughs> I didn't know he did. He did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not absurdly short, but it's shorter. Uh, let me think. Tampa has the best goalie, and really, Vasilevsky is one of the best goalies I've seen, you know, since I started watching hockey. Probably one of the top five. And I don't say that lightly. I've seen some really good goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Colorado don't win soon, that will be a blemish on McKinnon's rep. And he might have to move elsewhere. Of course, the same could be said of, with Edmonton and McDavid and, and Toronto with Matthews. Um, you know my sleeper team is, Tim? It's Florida. You think they can put it together? I know they've had some clay. You think it could be molded here this year? Yeah, I don't trust Bob. That's a problem in goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who else, too? Who? The Rangers. Uh, that's not a bad pick. I'm kind of worried about them myself. It's a sleeper because they got, they got Panarin and Fox, who are among two of the best in their position, right? Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of young guys who are getting better. They're big and tough in the division, the Metro, where being big and tough means the most. And I like that Shostakhin and goal. I'm not sure you can count on him just yet, given his age and experience, but I do like him. How Liverpool do this weekend? I forgot to ask. Off him, international duty for everybody. Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah, I just my only hope is that no Liverpudlians got hurt in, in in service of their country. That's why I hate international sports. I didn't know that's how you said Liverpudlians, huh? 
Yeah, that's if you if you play for Liverpool or you root for Liverpool, you're a Liverpudlian. Oh, okay. That doesn't exactly roll you, off the if, tongue. If you live in Liverpool and root for Everton, you're an Evertonian. Oh, all right. See, I learned something. And I don't want this. anything for a friggin' long time. <laughs> Make sure you check us out, Madden Ben's Unfiltered. It is at nine thirty a.m. Monday morning on the Trib Live Facebook stream. Listen to Mark uh, again, Sullivan and Latang during Mark's show on 105.9 The X on Monday afternoon. This is Trib Live. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The Pittsburgh CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.